Well, every one of us has 8,760 hours in a year. Um, You've used up 8,651 of them so far this year. And we, we, we can't get those back. They're gone. 8,651. Almost. 50 and a half. We have just under 109 hours left of the year 2015. And then we'll start over with the new 8,760 hours for the year 2016. If you're like the average American person, you're sleeping about eight and a half hours a day, which means you're sleeping about 3,102 of those 8,600 or 760 hours. If you have an infant, um, you're sleeping about half that. (laughs) We could tell you from experience, it's a rough night. Um, So how should we think about each and every one of those hours that the Lord has blessed us with? I I found a, I I didn't want to have to to do the math on this, so I found a little website that would help me with this. But I've had just about 3,700,000 hours in my life that I've lived. Um, If I live to be the average age of an American... Um, I got about 315,000 left in, in that the average age of an American is just under 79 years old. Some of you have possibly a lot more. Some of you have possibly less. On the average, a person um, takes about 16 breaths per minute. About 960 breaths an hour. About 23,040 breaths a day. You know what? You can't make yourself get one of those. We have no ability to do it. I, I breathe somewhere around 23,040 breaths a day. Um, they said when you're resting, not like working out. So I'm probably right about 23,040 breaths a day. And, and I, can't, I, I can't make that happen. On average, your heart will beat about 80 beats per minute, about 4,800 times per hour, and 115 thousand two hundred times per day over the course of the year your heart is going to beat about 42 million times and like me you have no ability to make that happen i think that about 42 42 million times a year and it's out of our control Totally and completely out of our control. I can't do anything to make that pump just keep going. I can't, I can't do anything. And so when you start looking at the 8,760 hours a year and the 379,000 hours that I've lived so far, 
and you start thinking about the average that you got about 315,000 hours left, the bottom line is those are averages in which God works in totally different ways, doesn't he? We don't know how many hours we have left. We don't know whether this will be our last. We just don't know. In James chapter 4, he gives a perspective of just life. When I, when, I, when I come to the new year, every year, this week, after celebrating the birth of Christ, the following week, I think as much as possible about the way I spend my time, how I've, how I've done this year, how the last 8,651 hours have been of 2015 and what the next 109 might look like. I think about it. I think, have I, have I used it well? Um, part of the thinking that, that has driven me to think this way is just studying the life of Jonathan Edwards. I mean, the man, like, I'm going to resolve to think at the end of every week, month, and year in which ways I could have done better. Resolve to think if this were the last hour of my life, you know, would I be doing this if this was the last hour of my life? Resolve never to do anything that I wouldn't want to do if I knew that within this hour the final trump might sound. In his mind, he just used the days as far as like at the end of every day, at the end of every week, at the end of every month, at the end of every year, I want an account. How could I have done better? And you watch this man's life, and it's just like there's like fruit like crazy coming out of his life. And I think it was because he was just driven. He wasn't someone where it's just like, I don't know where the time goes. He knew and he thought about it. I don't want to waste it. Living according to the will of God. James chapter 4. Here God speaks to the people and he says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So it's our word from the Lord on this morning. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Now, that seems like a reasonable thing to do, doesn't it? Thinking of the merchants that are living at that particular time, business people that are living at that time, and their thought is, okay, well, here's the, here's the plan. Today I'm going to go to this place, um, or tomorrow I'm going to go to this city. I'm going to spend this much time there. I'm going to buy and sell, and I'm going to make a profit. This is what I'm going to do. It's a business plan. It's a plan. They have, the, the man has a plan. The woman has a plan. This is what we're going to do. But 
God tells us, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, though. In your mind, you're saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'm going to make a profit. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this city. Here's all of my plans. But he's saying, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. See, the, the problem isn't that this, this person is making plans. The problem is, is this person is making plans, saying, here is what I'm going to do. And it's all about them. It's not, is this the Lord's will for me? Is this his plan for me? Is this what would be best for me? These, these people are living like atheists. They're living in such a way of, of okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Here's my plan. This is my goal. This is what I'm going to do. But not being in a place of, God, what do you want from me? Where would you, what would you want me to do today or tomorrow? Lord, what, what, what city should I go to? Is it your will for me to go to this place? I want to be where you want me to be. I, I, my plan is to buy and sell, Lord, but you know all these things. You, you, know, you know what's right. I, I, I want to make a profit. I think that would be a good thing. But God, your will be done. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be perfectly in alignment with your will. Not my own will. I don't want to be about my plans. I want to be about your plans. And as we look at this year, I pray that this passage would just be on your minds throughout the entirety of this year of, of thinking, Lord, I don't want it my way. I want it your way. My way leads to destruction. My way, my priorities get messed up. My my way, I, I, I feed my flesh. My way, I, I do whatever's right in my own eyes. My way is, is just living for pleasures. My way doesn't want to run uphill. My way wants to coast. My way wants to rest. My way wants to use those, those 8,760 hours to, to just have things as comfortable as they could possibly be. Or driven to a place of making as much as I could possibly make. Or whatever it is that would please me most. I want to do it your way. Your way may mean humbling myself. Your way may mean working hard for the purposes of your glory. Your, your way may mean using my funds in a way that's different than what my flesh would typically do. Your way may, may be such that I slow down. I spend time with you. I seek you. I don't do what's according to my own wisdom, but I'm, I'm placing myself under your sovereign hand. And God, what do you want from me? You, your way may be, may be on my knees and just seeking counsel from Almighty God who knows all things. I want to do it your way. There's a parable in which Jesus spoke in Luke chapter 12 where he says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. 
And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I, I will do this. I'll pull down my barns. I'll build greater ones. And, and there I'll, I'll store all my crops and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those, then whose will those things be which you have, which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. There are those, God says, they got their plans. I got all the stuff. I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to do this. And man, things are, are, are so good that I, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to take ease and I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink and I'm going to be merry. Finally got to the place where I, I, just, I got what I need. And God's saying, you're a fool. You, you, you didn't know that tonight, on this day, your soul would be required of you. You're, you're going home today. Or we'd like to think going home, being in heaven. But those that live for the stuff of the world, it may be eternity apart from Christ. That mentality of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, here's my plans, this is what I'm going to do. Not thinking at all about the things of God. With, with my kids, I, I, I frequently think like, okay, Jonathan's eight, Natalie's five, Andrew's 11 months. But, but my mind goes to a place of, like if, if I were to die today, what would I have left them with? What has been instilled in the heart of little Jonathan? What has been instilled in the heart of little Natalie and Andrew? Like, what, what will he remember? And I approach it because I, I, I want to use the time that God gives me with my kids. Well, so many of you have kids that have grown up, and you've said to me, like, oh, I remember when my little one was that age, and oh, just treasure these times because it goes by super fast, right? Said that? Um, and it's true, isn't it? I mean, I, I, Jonathan, it seems like he was just a baby like not that long ago. Time goes by so fast, doesn't it? And the older you get, the more you realize. I mean, I, when, when my dad was my age, I thought, man, he, he's old. And, like, and I was in graduate school when he was my age. Like you, you start thinking about that, and you're just like, wow. You know, like, he was young then. My dad's mom passed away when he, she, when he was 16, and she was 39. And he said that, that when she passed away at 39, he thought, like, well, she lived a good life. She lived a long life. 39 years old. And now it's like, just a kid. So young at 39 years old. Our perspective shifts. The older you get, you get to a place of, it went by fast. When you talk to Pastor Bill, he's 94 years old, he just, he'll say, I still feel like I'm 30. It's just, my legs don't work like they did when I was 30. Because in my head, though, I still feel like I was 30. 
it goes by fast. It's possible for us to come to a place of this is what I'm going to do, but God's saying, you're a fool if you're making your plans and doing these things as if tonight is not the night that your soul will be required of you. What if you were to go to home to be with him tonight? So God in his perfect wisdom says, so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. That person is a fool who is there laying up treasures for themselves but is not rich towards God. We see in in our passage where God tells us, for what is your life? What is it? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. A vapor. Picture of a teapot shooting up its vapor up in the air, air. And it doesn't go very far. If your house is anything like my house, picture your essential oils going up in the air super fast. It goes up. I see it all day. It goes up. It goes away. And so does our money. It just goes. It, 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 it goes. Our life's like that. Even if you live to an old age, it, it goes by fast. But not only that, but life's uncertain. We don't know if we have tomorrow. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Don't boast about it. The other side of of our lives being like a vapor and appearing for a little while and vanishing away is the, the realization that Christ could come back at any time. Your health may be just brilliant, but the fact is, is that Christ could come at any time. You see it in in Matthew chapter 24, where it says, For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect The Lord could come back at any time. At any time. I don't think there's anything prophetically that we need to look and say, well, he can't come back until this happens. The imminency of Christ's return, meaning that he can come back at any time and we need to be watching and ready for his return, should be in the forefronts of our mind. Not like the person who is like, in the days of Noah, they're eating, they're drinking, they're marrying, they're giving to marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. But they didn't know that the flood was coming. The reality of, of, of just living our lives, and 
Those things aren't bad either. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage. Except for the fact that they had no regard for God during that time. They were not thinking about God. They weren't listening to the warnings. They were doing what was ever, whatever was right in their own eyes until judgment came. But Jesus would say, be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Israel became a nation in 1948. You see the reestablishment of the Sanhedrin that's taken place in the last decade or so, a little over a decade. Seventy rabbis. You see a desire in Israel to rebuild the temple there in Jerusalem. We see things taking place just globally where we have to look at these things and say, boy, that sure looks like fulfillment of prophecy coming. I mean, as far as it looks like, it looks like the time could be imminent. Christ could return at any time. When we think of what it's like just within the church, 2 Timothy 4, chapter Chapter 4, verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And we see that taking place more and more within the church. And so, God would tell us, your life, it's like a vapor. It appears for a little while, and then it vanishes away so how should we live what should we do the response is instead instead of being the guy that 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 makes decisions the woman that makes decisions based on like well that's what i want to do i don't care that's what i'm gonna do without any regard for god and what god would say god says through james instead this is what you ought to say if the lord wills we shall live and do this or that if the Lord wills, if it's God's will, we shall live and do this or that. His plan. I want his plan. If God wills, then I'll have the opportunity to do this. If God wills, then I'm going to go in this city. If God wills, then I'm going to make a profit. If God wills, I just want to be where God wants me to be. Every one of us can look at our lives and say, like, it didn't go according to my plans. I mean, there's so many areas in our lives where it just it didn't go according to our plans. I, I was determined, like, I want to get through college because I want to get married. And so I busted. I took 23 units one semester. I just want to get done. I want to be able to provide. And then, bam, there she came 12 years later. It, it was like... <laughs> And I was like, why did I do that? Like, why did I kill myself? I mean, I, I jammed because I just wanted to get done. But it wasn't my plans because she was like in elementary school at the time. Yeah, 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 I, it, I'm just kidding, kind of, I think. No, she really was. But like, I, I, my plans were just different. They were different than God's plans. God had different plans for me. We can make plans, and, and that this is how everything's supposed to work, but to be in a place of, no, God, I just want to be where you want me to be. 
if you will, this is what I want. I, I, I want your will in my life, and I want to be satisfied in your will. During my years of, of graduating from college to when God brought Tasha to me, um, I didn't want to be in a place of just like, oh, where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Is this her? Is this her? You know, like, I just, I, I just thought like, I mean, sometimes I thought that, but most of the time I just thought, I just want to use this time for God's glory the best I can. If, if God has me be single, like, there's things that I can do right now that people that are married can't do, so... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'll go hard after that. And so I, I had guys living in my house. We had, you know, Pastor Jeff lived in my house. Uh, Sean Bullis lived in my house. Jeremy DeMotto lived in my house. Jeff Lawler lived in my house. Like, um, a bunch of you did. And, and I shouldn't have started that because I forgot people. But um, there was a lot of people that lived in my house, and they all got married, and I didn't, and, and, and more would come, and... And, and, but it was a sweet time. Staying up till three in the morning, shooting pool, talking theology. It's a precious time. Going on, on missions trips where it's just like, who wants to go to Sudan? Who wants to go to Pakistan? Who wants to, you know, who wants to go to Indonesia? Who wants to go to Myanmar, who, who wants to go to Vietnam? Who, you know, like this, here's the plans. And I was just like, I'll go. No one cares if I die anyhow, I'll go. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll go. And so it's just dozens and dozens of trips of ministering the gospel in some of these places where it's so much harder. I mean, we still do trips like that, but it's, it's a lot different now to say goodbye than it was when it was just like, mom, dad, I'll be back in six weeks it's just different but taking that time and enjoying that gift of that time for the most to his glory enjoying the time when your kids are home for the most to God's glory enjoying the time of retirement to the most of God's glory not being in a place of retirement what comes with retirement it's just you know collecting shells, but looking at it of how can I use this most to God's glory? It might be walks on the beach collecting shells, but it might be followed with just discipleship to certain younger people, spending time that I, I want to be able to spend with, with people at church or with kids or with grandkids or spending time in God's word and just reading books that I always wanted to read but I didn't have time before. Enjoying times of singleness for the purpose of his glory. And being in a place of, Lord, how do I use this most for you? I want to be in your will. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly or carefully, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeem the time. Use the time. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be unwise. Don't be dumb. (laughs) Understand what the will of the Lord is. 
And you, you, you can say, well, I, I don't know what the will of the Lord is in my life. I don't, I don't know what the will is. And so I'm, I, I, well, you, you, you do to some degree, don't you? You have God's word. You know what it is as far as how you ought to be in your singleness. Purity that ought to be there in your singleness. You know where you ought to be as a biblical husband or a biblical wife or a, what it is to raise kids or what it is to be an honest businessman or businesswoman or what life should look like as far as how you should function within the church and how you should use the gifts that God has entrusted you with and how it is that you should spend your time and how you should be on your knees and the way in which you should worship and the way in which you should study God's word and the way in which you should fast and how it is that your life should look like on a daily basis. You know what the will of the Lord is. You don't have to say like, oh, is it God's will for me to commit this sin or commit that sin or to do that? You know that God says, no, don't, these things you don't do. And so God's saying, don't be a fool. Use your time well. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that's not the will of the Lord. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't give yourself over to like, I'm just going to just feed my flesh and do what I want to do and drink and, and, and make my problems seem like they go away because I'm just drinking these problems away. Don't be drunk with wine, and which is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Redeem the time. Don't be a fool. Be filled with the Spirit. Call upon Him to enable you to do things that you can't do on your own. When you want to give up and when you want to go to the bottle, God says, don't be a fool. Don't do that. Redeem the time. Be filled with the Spirit instead. Lord, just enable me to do what I have no energy left to do, no strength left to do it. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so don't be a fool and, and, and live according to your own desires. Redeem the time. Be filled with the Spirit and just worship Him. Everything else can be falling apart. But to be at a place of, I'm going to give thanks for everything, and I'm going to worship him. With all that is within me, I just want to praise him. If the Lord wills. Using that time, redeeming that time. Ecclesiastes 9, chapter 9, verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Do it with your might. As you do the things that you do, do it with all your might. Pour your heart into the things that you do. In Romans 13, verse 11, it says, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Awake out of sleep. For now your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. That time's coming. The night's far spent. The day's at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness or lewdness or lust, not in strife or in envy. 
But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Put on Christ. I mean, may God just use this, the power of his word to speak to you this morning. If this is you, if you've been asleep, if you've been living in such a way that it's like you're just asleep when it comes to what God's calling you to. Wake up. Run the race. You're nearer to your salvation. You're, you're nearer to dying than when you first began. You, the, you got this next chapter, and if the Lord wills, you'll have a chapter after that. If the word, Lord wills, you might have a chapter after that. But being at a place of, God, I want to cast off the works of darkness. I'm tired of that. I, I want to... I want to put on the armor of light. I want to walk properly. I don't want to be in revelry and drunkenness. I don't want to be in lewdness and lust. I don't want to be in strife and envy. I don't want to be doing that. I want to put on Christ. I want to live like him. As a husband, as a wife, as a boss, as a friend, as a son, as a daughter, as a brother, as a sister. It's a part of the body of Christ. Not strife, not envy but making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. I don't want to do, I don't, I don't want to do what the world wants me to do. I look at my life so much as just, I'm running this race, and I want to run hard. I want to run that I might win. And my race isn't against you guys. I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to beat my flesh in the world, in Satan. I want to run towards Christ with his enabling to the power of his Holy Spirit to finish well. I want to be able to look at the end of my life and, and think, what do I want it to look like then? When, when, I, when I start, when I finish this race, what do I want it to look like? So I want to do things now to make it so that happens at the end. I don't, I don't think that I'll ever get to the end of my life and be like, you know, I, just, I wish I would have lived more for just like myself. I think I will think things like, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids or more time with my wife or I would have spent more time in God's word. I wish I wouldn't have committed that sin because I, I thought that was the right thing and it just exploded in my life into just horror. It was terrible. I never should have done that. If I could have done it over again, I would, I would have followed God and not my own flesh not the counsel of the world, but what, what does God tell me to do? Because his way is way better than my way. What's his will? Live according to his will. It's worship unto him. You see it where Paul says in Romans 12 that he pleads with us to, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's going to, God, here I am. Your will in my life. Your will. And have it be genuine. I want to genuinely do God's will in my life. In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us, don't, don't do it, not with eye service, not as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. From the heart, I just want to, I just want to live for Him. 
I want to please him in every area of my life. I, I, I want to go hard after just pleasing God in my life. Redeeming the time from my heart. I want to do it from my heart, not because I'm just trying to please all of you people who are looking at me. <laughs> not, as, not with eye service or as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ. You can fool everybody as far as having everything together, but you don't. Go after pleasing the Lord. What pleases Him? I'm His bondservant. I belong to Him. He purchased me. I was bought with the precious blood of Christ. I'm not my own anymore. I belong to Him. So from the heart, I want to please Him. The idea of, I'm going to build this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to this city, I'm going to, but living like God's not there. God says it's evil. In verse 16, it says, but now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. It's evil. So when you have the mentality of, Here's my plans. This is what I'm going to do. And every once in a while, you acknowledge God, maybe. But you make your plans, and here it is. And God says, it's, it's so arrogant. It's so arrogant to think that way. You, you, you have no ability to make your heart beat 115,200 times today. But you boast like you got it all under control. You have no ability to take your 23,040 breaths today. But you boast like you got everything under control. Not even thankful. Not even seeking him. Not even asking for his direction in your life. Doing whatever's right in your own eyes. And God just says that arrogance is evil. It's evil. To be at a place of, if the Lord wills. It, it used to be in the, amongst the Puritans and, and, it, and within the Methodist church as well, where, where when they first came to our country and when they were in Europe, they had this, this phrase, Deo Valente, which, which meant, if the, if the Lord wills. And they would use it all the time. They would... They would Sign their letters, DV, at the end. They would use it just amongst themselves if the Lord wills. I hear some of you guys do that frequently. Like, you're going to come over tomorrow? Yeah, if the Lord wills. And in my mind, some of them think, well, does that mean you might die between now and then? Or like, what do you think? You know, but it's just the right heart. Like, I don't know. I think I'm going to come to your house. I mean, that's my plan. But if God wills, then I'm going to do that. And what a great way of thinking. If the Lord wills, then I'll do that. If God wills, if I would love to, but if it's God's will, then we'll do that. I want to be where he wants me to be. I don't, I, I don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but my plan is to be there, if God wills. My plan is to do that, but if God wills, I just want to be where he wants me to be. 
Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear God. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do what God calls you to do. Trust in him what he calls you to do. Therefore, our section closes, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. It's the sin of omission. You know to do good, but you don't do it. To you it is sin. It's not just, have I done these bad things? God said, if you know what the right thing is to do and you don't do it, that's sin too. You knew what the right thing was to do, so do it. So as we approach this new year, may that be a heart. God, what's your will in my life? I want to make my plans under your sovereign hand. I want to just honor you in the way that I live. I want to please you. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. I want to search your word and seek counsel and be at a place of, God, what is your plan? And if it's hard and if I have to run uphill and if it's not as peachy as I would like it to be, I'm okay with that. I will do it. I just want to be exactly where God calls me to be, where you, Lord, call me to be. That's where I want to be, and I want to run this race well. And may every one of these 8,760 hours in the year of 2016, be glorious for his kingdom, for his exaltation, and for your joy. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for just the hours in which you give us, Lord. Some of the sweetest worship that takes place is in the times of just the greatest heartache and pain. And then there's times of just great joy and plenty in which we can praise you as well. The way we use our mouths and the way that we have our thoughts go, the places in which our feet take us and the way in which we use our hands, Lord. These things can all be used for our own flesh, for the world. It can be used in opposition to you, Christ, or it can be used for you and for your glory and for our good and for our joy. I pray, Lord, that we would have hearts that just take account of the hours in which you have entrusted us with. May we use them, Lord, in a way that yours is exalted in our lives. May we see people coming to know you May we see this church being built up. May we see marriages strengthened and kids being brought up in the ways of the Lord. May we see grandparents as being a blessing to their kids and grandkids and those that are around them. May we see retirement years just passionately used for your glory. 
May we see kids just growing in their love for you and their knowledge of you. Help us to make decisions fully in submission to your will. And may we find great joy in it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.